Welcome to the Faith is Not Blind podcast. I'm Sarah Devonier, and I'm here with Sarah today. Welcome. Thank you. We're really glad you're here to share your story. And just to start with, tell us a little bit about where you're from and what for you in your childhood helped you recognize the truthfulness of the gospel or just sort of the little uh, seeds of a testimony? Um, I grew up in Bountiful, Utah. I born and raised. I'm the oldest of six kids. Um, and I, I can't remember not believing in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, as far as what, what helped plant the seeds of testimony, I think my parents are very ordinary members of the church. They're imperfect, striving, great people um, that were just trying to do the best that they could. Um, family home evening and scripture study and, and all, the, all the things that come with a, a busy family. Um, but I think I can remember doing those things and just slowly having the seed planted. I think I can remember going to primary, singing songs in primary and, and feeling good. Yeah. Like I said, I don't remember not believing. Yeah, I, I love that beginning because I think sometimes when you are doing interviews like this or a podcast like this, it's easy to start to categorize a little bit. And I want to resist those categories because I think sometimes we say, well, there had to be this moment, this pivotal moment where someone's, they, they had this vision or they had this answer and they knew the church was true. And that becomes problematic enough that I've wanted to address it with someone who has had that experience. I had an experience very similar to that. And I think we're missing something if we say every person has to have an experience where they went from no knowledge to knowledge or when a light was turned on, when in fact, maybe it's a little bit simpler than that, where if the light was there and you were basking in it, you could just appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that. I, I completely agree. I remember kind of stressing out about it a little bit as a teenager. Because you felt like you hadn't right. had one of those I had, major I experiences. Yeah. yeah, I didn't, yeah. I already knew. I didn't need to pray and know again. And it was when I um, was in the MTC, getting ready to serve as a full-time missionary, that I heard um, my MTC president's wife say, that she'd always believed. And she said that she felt like she had believing blood. And it was so refreshing to me because I thought, oh, I feel that way too. And it's okay that I feel that way and didn't, didn't have a different story, I guess. Yeah. It's, and you going on a mission because you had that little sapling of faith that mm -hmm. you felt like you were sort of born with. And, and I think that's, okay, everyone should have their own story. And I don't think anyone should ever have to feel like they had to have a major conflict or major expectation failure in order to gain a testimony. So what I want to focus on is rather than finding a testimony or creating a testimony is the maturation process of a testimony. Because I think in some ways that's just as important as those flipping on the light switch experience. And I think probably more common. So on your mission, were there experiences that helped your 
seed of faith mature? And, and how did you know that they were maturing? Um, I would say for me, maybe even a little before I served yeah. as a missionary. Um, I, was, I served when I was 21. So I'd already been to two years of, of college. And my first year of college was a little bit rough, as I think it is for a lot of people, just kind of lonely and trying to find my place in the world after graduating high school. Um, also wondering about things like, why do bad things happen to good people? Right. You know, just all those- Really good questions. Yeah, the, the normal sort of struggles. Um, and I had a great, well, I had a, a, lots of great support systems, but a great student ward bishop um, a really fabulous institute teacher, and and I did sort of have a um, a strengthening experience my yeah. my second year of college. Um, I can remember going away to school. I stayed at home my first year of college, moved away for the second year, and I remember my first Sunday there, thinking, "No one's going to know if I go to church or not." Like <laughs> this is this is all on my own. No one's expecting me. Nobody knows me here. Um, and kind of being off on my own and, and meeting some really great people that were wonderful influences, good examples to me. Um, that helped me really get excited about the church, even though I'd always believed in Jesus Christ, always believed in Heavenly Father. Um, you know, through high school, my behavior didn't always match up with what I believed, but it I mean, I don't know, just I, that disconnect that I think happens right. with a lot of, a lot of us. Um, anyway, and going to college and really coming closer to the Savior, whom I already knew existed, who I yeah. already believed in. I'd had experiences in seminary and at EFY and girls camp and at home. Um, but anyway, it just helped strengthen it by learning more and becoming, I don't, really living it, I think, the discipleship that comes with yeah. really choosing and really living yeah, it. Yeah, and I think you're making a good point by saying it's not necessarily that you either have a testimony or you don't. Right. But that it's about, is my testimony thriving? Am I doing something to develop that relationship with the Savior that would help that? What specifically in that experience about owning your testimony made you feel like it was being strengthened? That it, that was, it was yours. No one else knew and you were a little bit older. It wasn't high school anymore. Right. Why was that important that it was yours? I think um, I could stand on my own two feet. I remember, I remember someone asking me one time, why are you so happy? And I thought, <laughs> uh, I actually said to them, I tried not being happy and I like this better. <laughs> and it's, it's because of the gospel. It's because of Jesus. It's because of not being so self-centered and trying to be others focused and doing something bigger than myself. Um, and I don't know, why was it important that it was my own? I think that gave me the strength to go be a missionary, to, to yeah, really, really have well, it, have it yeah. myself. And then you weren't being a missionary because someone else wanted you to. Right. You're being a missionary because of something you wanted to share that you had discovered for totally. yourself. Yeah. And as, as we're talking about the self-discovery process, again, I think sometimes people feel like, well, pe those people who have always known that it's true, it's only because they've never met up with any op opposition. Mm -hmm. 
but as you grew older, even got married, started having children, do you feel like you only chose the gospel because you didn't know any better? Did, did you come across anything that made you not necessarily question, but where you saw an alternative to the story and to say, yeah, I, I see what's out there. I see the questions, but I still would choose this anyway, even though I've always chosen it. Yes. Yeah. I, I've, I think I've had that experience multiple times over the years. Yeah. Can you think of one specifically? Because I, I, I want people to recognize that it is deliberate and chosen, even if you haven't had a major moment of crisis. Yeah. Um, I can remember having a conversation with my husband one time and we were, we were talking about this. We were talking about, um, I don't know, all the questions, all the unknowns, all the negativity, but, but the good things that we see too. And I remember he was comparing it to apples and oranges, which is, we were just standing by the fruit bowl in the kitchen (laughs) and he just made a pile and said the pile of of the good, the benefits, even with all the complexity and difficulty and, and unanswered questions, the, the good outweighs the alternative, basically, the goodness that we see and feel that I find in other people. Um, also, our oldest son was diagnosed with cancer when he was five, um, which, which wasn't, um, it brought us closer to God, as those kinds of things do. Yeah. Um, we never questioned whether or not He was there, but there's a there's a lot of complexity with those kinds of things. Right, and and I think there could be a lot of peripheral questions. Sure. And I think those can be good for us. So, what kind? I mean, what a staggering experience for anyone to have a child diagnosed with cancer. And I don't think that your whole worldview has to change in order for you to change. So what is one thing about your view of any part of the gospel that was changed and enhanced through that experience? I think the biggest one is that um, I remember standing in the kitchen not long after he was diagnosed and thinking, God didn't give this to us. This, um, he's certainly aware. He was, in, mm. I, I felt, I had some sweet spiritual experiences right before my son was diagnosed and and following the diagnosis that sort of let me know God was there and with us and I didn't feel abandoned. Um, But I also, it sort of nuanced my view of trials. I completely believe that God um, consecrates our afflictions for our gains and gives us beauty for ashes, but I don't think he starts all the fires. I don't think he is giving them all to us. He's completely aware of what's happening. He's there through all of it, but he didn't, I don't know. He wasn't aiming lightning bolts. Yeah. Well, and even in that experience to realize the restored gospel gives us a restored view of God. What What a great view of this God that loves us and will let us experience hardship but not, might not necessarily cause it. Right. And that is a unique view of God. So how did that view of God help you navigate through some of the other things, the other questions that you had? Um, it helped me rely on Him 
it helped me understand him better instead of saying, it freed me from saying, why did, why mm. did this happen? Why did you make this happen? Or why this and not that? I, and not just my experience, but it, when I see it in other people that I love and see them suffering for whatever reason. Yeah, what, what a nice way to look at it. That Again, this, this testimony that grew up with you, it doesn't mean that you couldn't let it change you and enhance you. And, and to say, I'm, I'm, I loved how you used the word freeing. That it's actually freeing when we expand our view of God. It's freeing when we expand our view of ourselves. It's freeing when we allow ourselves to develop and to change. And it doesn't necessarily have to be scary, although sometimes it is. So now after this experience, how do you view difficulties when you encounter them? Maybe some difficult question about the church or some difficult um, thing you might, might encounter on the internet, you probably know by now that might not sway you, but how do you approach it and how do you teach your kids to approach that new information? I think the, the first is to not be afraid of it. Um, we've seen that response in, in people sometimes, like, I don't want to learn about church history because I, it, something might scare me off. Yeah. Um, and that's you, that usually s says to, to you, oh, I'm thinking in a binary. If my reaction right. is fear, it may mean it's because I'm worried that the pendulum's going to swing. Right. Yeah. With no middle ground. It's one or the other. Um, so I think the first is to not be afraid of it. Um, to, to just talk about it, talk openly with our kids especially, but with anyone really, friends or family. Um, talk about things, realize, okay, there's more to the story. Um, sometimes when you get a little knowledge, what you need is more, not, not less, you know, like let's see the, the big picture, the whole thing, and I don't know, not, not be afraid. Yeah, well, and God's picture is pretty big. Yeah. It's bigger than ours. Well, and we don't always see all of it. In fact, we rarely see all of it. But you're yeah. right. And being open to it would allow us to see it. Um, what I love about your story, Sarah, is it reminds me of Eve. And specifically in Moses, where Eve heard all these things and was glad. I, I think we don't have to be anxious or afraid about the gospel. I think we can live it with gladness, even in its simplicity, even when we're encountering difficulties or complexities. We can have a spirit of gladness and we don't need to feel guilty about that and that, and that we can love it. And it's clear that you love it in all of its shapes and sizes. And I really appreciate that about you. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>